Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Scott Jeffrey Miller. He is the special advisor on thought leadership, leading the strategy, development, and publication of Franklin Covey's books and uh, thought leadership. He is a marketer, a coach, and an author. He hosts the Franklin Covey-sponsored On Leadership with Scott Miller, an incredible podcast that I'm a subscriber of. Never miss an episode, and you're going to love it once you start listening. And, and he's also the author of Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds, a multiple-volume series. Today we're talking about volume two so much to learn and scott will energize and inspire you and by the way before you go have you gone to my website all my podcast episodes can be found there a free audio class on classroom management my blog articles and uh, more uh you just go to stephenmaletto.com and that's where you can find it all thanks for going there thanks for listening and if you get a chance it'd be so cool if you shared all of this with your friends your neighbors your uh, colleagues you know your family members could you do that? Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show. With lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Miletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Miletto. Capping a 25-year career in which he served as Chief Marketing Officer and Executive Vice President, Scott Miller currently serves as Franklin Covey's Special Advisor on Thought Leadership, leading the strategy, development, and publication of the firm's best-selling books and thought leadership. Miller hosts the Franklin Covey-sponsored On Leadership with Scott Miller, the world's largest and fastest-growing weekly leadership podcast, reaching more than 6 million people. Miller also authors a leadership column for Inc.com, hosted the weekly iHeart radio show Great Life, Great Career with Scott Miller, and hosts and moderates Franklin Covey's BookClub.com series with world-renowned authors. Uh, Miller is the author of the multi-volume Mess to Success series, including Management Mess to Leadership Success, 30 Challenges to Become the Leader You Would Follow, Marketing Mess to Brand Success, 30 Challenges to Transform Your Organization's Brand and Your Own. He is a co-author of the uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller, Everyone Deserves a Great Manager, The Six Critical Practices for Leading a Team, and the author of the Amazon number one bestseller, Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Business Minds, which features insights from his interviews with the leading thinkers of our time, including Seth Godin, Susan Cain, General Stanley McChrystal, and many others. In addition to supporting Franklin Covey's glo global thought leadership efforts, Miller has developed the Ignite Your Genius, uh, a coaching series to help leaders take their careers from accidental to deliberate. Prior to his role as Chief Marketing Officer and Executive Vice President of Business Development, Scott served as General Manager and Client Partner in Franklin Covey's Chicago and UK offices. As a highly sought-after speaker and podcast guest, he has presented to hundreds of audiences across every industry and loves to share his unique journey as an unfiltered leader thriving in today's highly filtered corporate culture. Miller began his professional career in 1992 with the Disney Development Company, the Real Estate Development Division of Walt Disney Company, as a founding member of the development team that designed the town of Celebration, Florida. Miller and his wife live in Salt Lake City, Utah, with their three sons. Scott, thanks for joining me today. Great to have you back on the show, which means that Volume 2 in your Master Mentor series is out. So much to talk about. Say hi to everyone. Steve, I'm horrified you had to suffer through that incredibly long bio. My apologies on behalf of our publicist team. Delighted to be here today. Thank you for the spotlight and the platform. Well, you're very welcome, and uh, I didn't suffer through that. I just... Uh, it, <laughs> 
it, it's awesome what you've done. It's some trauma for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That's cool stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, there's so much going on in your world. I'm a, a subscriber and listener um, to uh, On Leadership. And uh, um, it, it just, you just, it's so cool because you get so many different guests also uh, that have some different outlooks on the world as well as uh, thoughts about leadership and, uh, um, and some who've suffered some serious um, through some incredible stuff and others who uh, it, it's all about their journey and so forth. So that is so amazing. I, you know, the, the last time we talked was September 21 I, I, of 2021. And I got to tell you that there's a lot happened since September 2021. Um, but uh, we're doing good now. So uh, um, we talked then about Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from a Grace Minds, um, Volume 1. Today we're here to talk about Volume 2, and uh, soon there'll be Volume 3, I understand, this fall. So kudos on all that. And uh, before we do that, you know, let's talk about On Leadership with Scott Miller, your podcast is sponsored by Franklin Covey. I mean, how do you decide who gets chosen and uh, who are your guests going to be on the show? What are, you, what are you looking for? Well, so like you, Steve, you know, we've built this podcast that kind of exceeded our wildest dreams, right? We're in our fifth year. Uh, about 250 episodes aired, about 300 taped. And, you know, Franklin Covey has a large global brand. I spent 25 years in the firm, arguably the most trusted leadership firm in the world. And so at some point, you know, podcasts, when they keep going, they hit a tipping point and agents and publicists and publishers call you. And so I receive about 15 to 20 inbound books a week with publicists saying, hey, can we have our purse on your podcast? So we've hit that tipping point now where we're not desperate to find a guest. They're coming to us. But I can tell you great stories about me pacing back and forth, trying to find a guest for the third episode. And there was no one like, well, will her cousin come on? And so hopefully it's matured since the first couple episodes. I, I picked the guests. And ultimately, I do pick the guests. I'm an ambassador for Franklin Covey, so I try to make sure they have some point of view I can relate to leadership, whether it's you know a leader in a school or a leader in a company or a leader in your home. And so we try to bring the guests together from a broad variety of life that represent different roles people play in their lives, whether they're you know recently promoted or perhaps they've been demoted. Maybe they've pivoted out to a side hustle or some kind of solopreneur. Maybe they're recently single or widowed or just retired, or just graduated. So we try to curate interesting guests from all walks of life that can resonate with a broad audience because all of us have a variety of leadership roles we play in our lives. That's so awesome. And, and you know, and, and what's cool is, first of all, you have a dynamic voice. <laughs> so it's, it's very recognizable. Said, said about me by no one ever. <laughs> oh, come thank on. you. You're welcome. <laughs> you do. And so it's very recognizable. So when you, when you start, boom, there's, you know, you know, if it's, you know, like, it's funny you say that because I'll be around restaurants now around the nation <laughs> and people walk, will walk up to my table and say, you're Scott Miller. I recognize your voice. Nice, nice. That's so cool. I can understand. I can understand it. I'd be, I'd be sitting at a table if I heard you somewhere near. I'd be, my wife would be, like, "What's wrong?" I go, I, I, "You, you would leave. You would ask for the check and walk out." Yeah, no, 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 no. So, so I got to ask you, uh, what do you like best about talking with the guests? I mean, what, you seem to have fun. Oh, oh, I just, I, mean, I learned, right? I mean, I think it was Voltaire that said common knowledge isn't common practice. And it was Stephen Covey that said to know, but not to do is not to know. So, you know, obviously it's a brush with celebrity, right? Every time someone comes on the podcast each week, it's, you know, kind of cool to 
be with someone who's done something remarkable or survived something heroic, but it's just the learning. It is listening. It's really having people that have, that have achieved something transformative remind us of how they got there. And it's usually something to do with perseverance, hard work, changing your mindset, not listening to the naysayers, keeping going, pivoting, disrupting yourself. These are not, these are not mind blowing insights. They're usually just common knowledge that people who worked harder, persevered more, ignored the negative thoughts from others and themselves one more day than someone else did, and they caught fire. And so for me, I think the big pleasure is being reminded that everyone can achieve their own great purposes if they're just willing to kind of work hard enough and pay the price. And sometimes paying the price is getting an email that says your book sucks, which I do daily. Or having someone text me and say, you know, I tried to like you as the host and I listened to 17 episodes, but I just can't seem to like you. I think it took you 17 episodes to realize you don't like me? (laughs) 17? (laughs) Wow, you're you're committed. (laughs) So I think the the big insight for me has just been being reminded of common principles that govern everyone's life, no matter what you're trying to accomplish, including just being a parent and staying employed and paying the mortgage. I love it. Uh, that's that's awesome. And uh, just a note, uh, you know, we're getting ready like to talk. Really, it took you seventeen times to figure <laughs> out you didn't like me. My wife would say it would take you most people seventeen seconds. What <laughs> took you so long? That's <laughs> hilarious. I, it, it, just a note, because that, that's wild. Because I I make my own decision pretty close to by the second episode. If I'm not getting it, I next <laughs> or or like the second minute in an episode right yeah i don't like this guy yeah exactly that's funny uh uh just as a comment i I think it's funny what you just said because um i have two sons that are engineers out there in the work world doing great stuff and i have a wife and uh and uh all of them are very proud that they've not listened to my podcast and roll their eyes (laughs) when i bring it up my wife stephanie a very accomplished person full-time stay-at-home mom and manager of our home she professes to listen to the podcast every week, but I'll hear it playing in the kitchen and she'll be up taking a shower. Like, That's not listening to my podcast. It's <laughs> playing, right? <laughs> nice. It's playing my podcast. Good point. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, uh, so let's, let's switch gears and let's look at uh, Master Mentor's 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds, Volume 2. In the uh, introduction, you say this. More frequently, we experience mentors by what they say, the experience they share, how they behave, and what they create, which means the most impactful mentors are often at arm's length. What are you talking about there? You know, Stephen, I think most of us, when we view mentors, we envision someone, you know, down in the superintendent's office or in the principal's office or on the third floor of the C-suite of an organization, right? Or someone who's the senior vice president. And if you work in a district or a company or an organization or university where they offer a mentoring program matching perhaps someone on the rise with someone in the executive suite, by all means, take advantage of that. But it's a fairly limiting perspective on mentorship. I, I, I think most of us are mentor without even knowing it. We perhaps read every book someone wrote, or we go to conferences where they're going to speak. We listen to their podcast, their radio program. We read their blog. We follow their column in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. They're a commentator on a TV program or newscast, and they're a mentor to us. And so I think we should broaden our perspective on mentorship because 
I'll tell you, most of the big mentors in my life are people I've never met. I opened the book talking about a gentleman named Bruce Williams. Now, for those of you who are my age, meaning 50 plus, you remember back in the 70s and 80s, there was the gentleman who really kind of invented talk radio. His name was Bruce Williams. And he had a program called The Bruce Williams Show. And he kind of invented talk radio. He made Sally Jesse Raphael, Sally Jesse Raphael, before she ever made it to TV. And he had this call-in program three hours a night, Monday through Friday, where people called in and asked for advice. Typically, it was business advice, right? I've just inherited $100,000. What should I do with it? I'm thinking of renting out a home. What should I know? What kind of will do I need? Do I need an attorney to buy a home or not? And he just dispensed good, solid business advice. Well, most junior high school students were listening to, you know, MTV or U2 on their radio, not YouTube, the group U2. And I was listening to Bruce Williams for three hours a night in bed. And after, you know, 10 years of doing this, I assimilated a, a lot of knowledge. My point is, I never met Bruce Williams. He died not knowing I even existed. But he was the biggest mentor in my life every night from 6 to 9 p.m. laying in bed, just kind of assimilating all of this knowledge. So the story there is, don't limit yourself to finding mentors that you're matched with in your company or in your organization. Take advantage of that by all means, but also look at the mentors that might be informal in your life and what can you learn from them? So I think there's more of them even available than perhaps those that are just up on the third or fifth floor. That's Long story, I apologize for that, but it's kind of a context setting for why I think the Master Mentor series can be helpful for people to read regardless of where they are in their lives. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad you told that story. I, I guess it's, um, it, and it's not long at all. That's, that's cool. Um, and it, it really sets it up because uh, um, I think sometimes we ignore or don't really pay attention to the more informal <laughs> stuff that might be impacting right. us more. Or, than, or name them a mentor, right? I mean, I think it's very comfortable to say to somebody, hey, uh, uh, Barack Obama is my mentor or Oprah Winfrey is my mentor or Mitt Romney is my mentor, or you pick your favorite author or business leader, Elon Musk, maybe pick somebody else, I don't know. But my point is, I think it's totally comfortable to say XYZ is my mentor, and they don't even know it. And that's just cool. Because just so you know, every celebrity, every politician, every leader, every book author, they're just like you and I every night, they're in their bed at 945 exhausted, watching an episode of International House Hunters, and they're scrolling through their Instagram and they're linked on their phone, and they're likely going to see your message come in. So do not hesitate to reach out to anybody on Facebook or Instagram, because just like you and I, they're in bed scrolling through their phone. I love that. That's awesome. That is so cool. So you, you started to tell us, so that this basically talks about the premise of, uh, of Master Mentor. So can you go forward with that just a little bit more about... Uh, sure. So what I realized is, like you, after all these interviews, sometimes the good stuff is on the cutting room floor, right? Like I'll, I'll interview someone and we'll end it, and then they'll say, hey, did you like that? I don't care how big the celebrity is. They'll say to me, was that good enough for you? Because everybody wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be seen. Everyone wants to please. And I'll say it was great. And then they'll go on like this four-minute further extension of a thought. I'm like, why didn't you say that on the podcast? That was gold. So I realized there is such an opportunity to, to reach even more people through the book. By the way, the book, Master Mentors, is a 10-volume series. You mentioned two are out. Volume three comes out in the fall, 30 new mentors. But they're both in audio book, digital book, print book, and video book. 
So there's a new video book series called Lit, L-I-T, Lit Video Books, where my book is now on a 40-minute video. You can watch it. Hello, YouTube generation. And so each time I asked people, hey, would you mind appearing in the book? Now, let me give you some advice. Do not ever take on the idiotic task of writing a book about 30 celebrities because trying to wade through their agents, their lawyers, their publicists, their publishers, their spouses, their ex, you know, it's a lot of red tape, but I managed to do it. Apparently, I like hard things. And so I assimilated this collection of very episodic guests on the podcast that with their permission, I wrote something about something they said and then expanded on it. So 30 mentors, 30 insights, 30 chapters, one insight per chapter. And the book's kind of like chicken soup for the leadership soul. I don't write big, heavy academic books. You won't probably read a single statistic in the entire book. That's not who I am. And some people don't like that. Great. Then read Jim Collins' book. He's your guy. I'm not your guy. If you want to read something that will take you nine minutes before you go to bed, it'll make you really think about how to apply that in your life the next day. I'm your guy. That is so awesome. And I so agree with you. And it, it's just a, a side well, note. I don't know how awesome it is because I get a lot of vitriol saying <laughs> your books aren't well researched. Well, I don't know if you think of hour long podcast with General McChrystal <laughs> and then writing about what he said isn't research, then I mean, you're right. I'm not your guy. I'll go find someone who is. In fact, Stephen, can I mention? Sure. Most publicists, most agents, most publishers will tell authors, you've got to write for your audience. You've got to know who your reader is and write for them. And I just don't write that way. I write for me. I write if I think it was interesting as a dad, as an entrepreneur, as a guy struggling to pay my kids tuition, as a guy doing this and that. If I think it's interesting, then I write about it. And then I, I go try to find people who are like me. And so far, there's been a few hundred thousand that have said, you know, that works for me. So I don't write for a broad audience. I write for people like me. I love that. That is that is so awesome. And it, it's it's powerful information just by itself there. And ignore, I hope you're doing a good job of ignoring ignore the other <laughs> seven and a half billion. I just hope to find a half billion that are like me. It's my wife's horror. There might be a half billion people like Scott Miller out there. But I think there are, right? I have fired. I have been fired, right? I've, I've bounced a check. I've loaned money. I've donated money. I've invested money. I've taken out loans. I've made loans. I've moved up. I've moved down. I've been kind. I've received kindness. I've been rude. I've received rudeness. I'm just a guy that's trying to live and learn and add some value and hopefully not make too many mistakes along the way. And with my wife launched these three young men, we call our son that abuse us hourly out as gentlemen contributors in a tough world. That's my mission. I love that. I love it. And uh, just as a note, uh, you know, <laughs> therapy it, with Scott. Therapy, I, I like that. That's what we need to name this. Cause this is, this is awesome. And, it, and, and just as a note, I have to tell you, it is interesting to know that you have picked a, an area where they all have something interesting. They have lawyers, like you said. And so therefore, all the lawyers know everything about uh, what they've got to make sure that you don't address or do address or what paperwork you do or don't do. And I can only imagine what that's like. <laughs> Gee, it was a lot, but you know, I have to tell you when these people have gotten to this level of influence or fame or celebrity, they've had a lot of setbacks and most of them were published about them. And quite frankly, they're willing to be very vulnerable and say, Hey, if, if what I did wrong or right can help someone else rock and roll, Scott. In fact, it's interesting. There is an inverse correlation the bigger celebrity they are, 
the more quickly they say, Scott, write whatever you want. I trust you. Don't even need to read it. The smaller celebrity they are, they want to read every single word and every comma. Well, don't say that. And I, I expect that now. And so uh, it is what it is. That's cool. That's cool. So, so what I would like to do is I'd like us to take, I'm going to take a look at three of your, uh, uh, of your uh, mentors that you have highlighted. And have I left any time for that? Sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> um, hopefully <laughs> the, uh, um, my time is your time. So, <laughs> um, but the, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's three of them that I've pulled out and, uh, just to note what, one of the things I think that's really cool is you mentioned in the beginning, the idea that if you don't do something with it, even though you, uh, may have taken time to read it or learn it. Um, but if there's nothing done with it, that, uh, it just kind of goes away. Um, I do want to tell you, say this because one that I wasn't going to highlight, but it was going to mention that made a major impact on me is one that you identify as, as a, uh, as a wonderful interview that you did. And that's with Ed Milet. And, Ed uh, Milet, yeah. yeah, yeah, I had, I, I've now, I've now kind of done my own personal stalking of him. I've read his, I went and saw him present as a result of your interview with him. I went and saw him present. I read his book and I have this little sign that says one more. And uh, that's pretty much what my focus is now. So, cool. you know, so I just wanted to share that with you. So that's nice of you. Uh, you know what? Can I just tell you a compliment? That's why I wrote the book because I didn't want to write a book that was cliff notes, everybody else's book and say, Oh, read my book. Don't read their book. I wanted to use the spotlight that you and I both have to shine it on others to say, hey, Steve, here's Ed. You might like him. Go buy his books. Go look at his show. Go follow him. If you're not following Ed Milet and reading his books, you need to because he is – he looks like kind of like a New Jersey gym rat. Yes. But he's the nicest, kindest, smartest, most generous, abundant guy you'll ever meet. I, I just adore the abundance that is Ed Milet, M-Y-L-E-T-T. That's so awesome because uh, it made a difference in mine and I, I use his words. Cool. So it's good stuff. So so let's talk about a couple others. Let's start with uh, Bobby, is it Herrera? Is that how you say it? Bobby Herrera, yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things that he comments about, uh, um, but he taught me, or one of the comments about him, but he taught me that one of the single most important parts of leadership is seeing and encouraging potential. Could you talk about this comment and Bobby? Sure. So Bobby Herrera is uh, Latino by race, uh, born in New Mexico from a Mexican family, one of, I think, maybe 14 kids that ended up working on a farm in New Mexico with 14-ish kids. So you can imagine resources were quite scarce, very scarce. And he was in high school with his brother playing basketball. And every night, the basketball team, after an away game, the bus stopped at a local burger joint and everybody went in to have dinner except for the Herrera brothers. They stayed on the bus because there was no money to go in and have dinner. You couldn't both play basketball and have dinner. So every night the Herrera brothers, Bobby and his brother, stayed on the bus and they ate the bagged dinner that their mom made for them. I mean, think back to how insecure you are in high school, how amassed that would be to not to be able to afford to go in and get a burger. I've told this story so many times. I'm getting emotional right now. Just being in my house in Salt Lake, grateful I have heat and the dishwasher works, right? There's food in the fridge. Anyway, one night, one of the teammates' fathers, a fairly prominent businessman, came out of the restaurant and reboarded the bus, walked back to Bobby and his brother, and said with no fanfare, young men, I want you to join us for dinner. I'm paying. No one needs to know. It's on me. In exchange, I just want you to make something of yourselves and pay it forward in life. It was a small gesture of immense kindness. It's like, 10 bucks a kid. 
And Bobby said, as a teenager in high school, it was the first time, Steve, I'm getting emotional telling the story. It was the first time in his life he ever felt seen by someone else. He had no future. He couldn't see the next day. He said it was the first time in his life he'd ever actually felt worthy, felt seen by someone. Just a simple act of selflessness from his father walking on board the bus and giving him 10 bucks. Fast forward. Five years, he graduates from high school, joins the Army, spends four years in the Army, and goes on to become the CEO of a half-billion-dollar company. He writes a book called The Gift of Struggle. Go buy this book. Don't buy Master Mentors. Go buy The Gift of Struggle. Because when Bobby launches this book 25 years later, he finds the dad. He finds him, flies him out to his book launch, and tells this story. The father had no idea. The next day, the father flies back. He calls up Bobby Herrera and he says, Bobby, I remember that day. I had no idea the impact that had in your life. You've made my life have meaning and worthwhile. Thank you for sharing that. My point is, as I'm getting emotional telling the story for the hundredth time, you know, all of us have had someone reboard our bus for us. All of us have someone come back and paid us a compliment or validated us or done something small that maybe gave us a boost in times that we needed to retrieve it from the metaphorical backpack when our egos and self-esteem was low. So I want every one of your listeners to remember who boarded the bus for you and go tell them. And if they're dead, go tell their wife or their widow or their grandkid. Go find their grandson and go tell them what their grandpa meant to you. And then today, go find someone to validate. Not artificially, not with puffery. Just go up to someone and say, you know, I like how organized you are. Or I like how balanced you are in your life. Or I like how clean you keep your desk. You inspire me. You never know when a small metaphorical reboarding of a bus could have a transformative impact on someone's life. I'm, again, I apologize for the length of the story. Bobby Herrera's book, The Gift of Struggle, is not just affirming, it's life transforming. And that's the insight I share in Master Mentors. That is so awesome. Okay, I've regained my composure. Thank you so much for retelling. And uh, and what a what an amazing story that is. And uh, um, I will make sure that I have the link to his book in the show notes too. Thank so you. Thank right. you. Very cool. So, okay, so my next one is, you know, you have the chapter about Tiffany Alice. Um, you note this, if you're considering launching a book offering a course, opening a store, creating a site, or building anything, be mindful there are no shortcuts. Why'd you say this in thinking about the message that Tiffany has to deliver? So Tiffany Alice is a famous uh, podcaster, blogger. She wrote a book called Get Good With Money. She is known as the Budget Nista. Her message is aimed primarily at the uh, Black community, but her principles apply to everyone regardless of your race or age. Uh, what I like about Tiffany beyond her extraordinary financial advice is that she understands there's no such thing as shortcuts in life, right? There is no such thing as overnight fame. Well, maybe it is if you're a Kardashian, but it's usually ill-gotten and fleeting. There's no such thing as overnight fame or overnight success for most of us. When you look at the people when people ask me, Steve, what is the commonality across all these mentors? Most interviewers aren't happy with my answer, but I'm sticking through it. Hard work. 
they just outworked everybody else. They're not that much smarter than you and I. They may have gone to Princeton. I think I once maybe walked on Princeton's campus to get like a Coke or something. I mean, you know, yes, they had they had levels of intelligence, but at the end of the day, they weren't materially better than you and I in many ways. They just worked hard. They got up earlier, went to bed later. Instead of going on the houseboat for four days, they stayed at home and they wrote a book. And so they have balanced lives, right? They also, they aren't workaholics, most of them. But the lesson with Tiffany Alice is her book became a New York Times bestseller because she had been blogging away for, I think it was eight years, building a hundred thousand name database of people that had been subscribing to her blogs and her articles and her, and her webcast and such. And so my advice to everyone is if you're writing a book, you need to have 50,000 Instagram followers. If you're launching a newsletter, you need to have 80,000 LinkedIn followers. And it takes like a decade to get there. And you got to put one step in front of the other. For most people, there's no such thing as overnight success. I mean, I interviewed Matthew McConaughey. The list of failed, you know, interviews and rehearsals and, you know, um, uh, readings he had were endless. You look at Nelly Galan, the first ever Latina producer of a major U.S. television network. Oh my gosh, she'll tell you she failed her way forward. Her 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 failure, she was on Celebrity Apprentice. Her failures outnumber her successes like a hundred to one. Can I tell you, when I launched my third book, Marketing Mess to Brand Success, I was the chief marketing officer of a global public company for 10 years. Hundreds of thousands of social followers. I was, you know, had an ink column and I, lots of little successes. 69 people, 67, 67 people bought my book. 67 people the first week. I spent like $70,000. Hell, I just could have given away a dollar a person and had 70,000 books sold. I sold 67 copies. And I posted about it to say, success is tough. You got to keep going. And that was five books ago, by the way. So I just remind all your listeners, keep going. Let me tell you one thing, real quick story. I interviewed Seth Godin, right? The famous podcaster, blogger, leadership expert, sethgodin.com, subscribe to his daily blog. And when my first book came out, Management Mess to Leadership Success, it hit number one on Amazon in its category. And I texted Seth, I was so proud, he was the endorser of my book. No one, it's not bigger than Seth Godin, right? Earns $150,000 for a speech. I text him, he wrote back, congratulations, Stop checking, start writing, meaning stop checking your ranking and nice. start writing your second book. It was such great advice. Oh, that's awesome. Keep going, that's... keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. To quote Ed Milet and Steve, one more. Love it. I love it. Uh, thanks so now, much. Most of your listeners are probably hung up by now, but I'm passionate <laughs> about some of these insights that I've learned from other people. I hope. I hope your final listener is hanging in there with us. Oh, I, I think you got them sitting on the edge, the opposite direction. I think they're sitting on the edge waiting to, to know who you're going to talk about next. So, um, so that's, uh, you know, and if I can get you to talk about more. So uh, with, with that, uh, the, uh, all right. So the last one I got for you is uh, let's talk about Patrick Bet David. And uh, as, as you are closing his chapter, you note this. Are you that person who announces bold commitments and talks a great game in their personal and professional circles, always speaking about what you plan to do, intend to do, but when others look back at your track record, it rarely, if ever, matches your previous proclamations? Could you explain this? So Patrick Bet David, I think, has the world's largest YouTube channel, or one of them. 
He wrote a seminal book about three years ago called Your Next Five Moves. Highly recommend this book, Your Next Five Moves. The cover is like a chess game. And he's always thinking about teaching others how to think strategically, how to think ahead. Not so much how to outthink other people, although he does teach that skill, but to be thinking strategically about what your future looks like. And he teaches a concept in his book that I love. He calls it your future truth, your future truth. But to think and speak in a way that what you plan to do in the future has already happened. Now, it's a mind conditioning, right? Now, there's a thin line between being a pathological liar and talking about your future truth. By the way, I was referring to my podcast as the world's largest leadership podcast at least one day before it became so. Okay, one year, but keep going with me. My point is, that's called marketing people. Uh, please, please hang in there. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. Uh, Patrick really inspired me not just to talk and think about in my future truth, but to also make bold promises and keep them. Because at the end of the day, your reputation is merely a collection of all of what you've said and done. Promises made, promises kept. Now, I tend to make pretty bold promises, and I deliver pretty big because I work hard and uh, not smart, hard. And my reputation is that I deliver big. I think the lesson here is to be thinking about, is what you say also what you do? Because all of us want to feel important. All of us want to feel valued. All of us want to contribute. It also takes hard work. I mean, I'm in my office at four o'clock in the morning writing. When I want to go out and go skiing, I'm writing or, or reading someone's book, prepare for their podcast. I've got three sons, right? And my sons aren't going to remember me by my books. Hopefully they're going to remember me by taking them to mass. We're Catholic on Sunday mornings and going to the club and having nachos together and hopefully playing tennis together and taking vacations and working hard. You can't build success and influence without putting in the reps. I strongly recommend Patrick Bet David's book, Your Next Five Moves. Make sure what you say you are going to do appears in your Instagram the next day, the mo- next month, the next year. Check it off. I said it. I did it. I love that. Thanks so much. That is so cool. Uh, you know, this now I got to tell you, the teacher in me <laughs> um, has to point out something that is really cool in your book. Oh, wait, was there a punctuation error? Wait, is there a spelling error in the book? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Yeah, I should have thought about that before I uh, said the question that Probably way. Not. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a history teacher. All right. That's not, <laughs> um, but I also like the way things are structured and the formats and the, and the part where you ask some buddy to do something with what you've you've been talking about with them or working on and and at the end of each chapter you have a segment called the transformational insight the question and you have this cool qr code um talk about why that exists why that's there at the end of each chapter well again like i mentioned my books are easy breezy light reads the best lichen is chicken soup for the leadership soul i wrote books that i thought you know if you were laying in bed after a hard day at work and you didn't want to read war and peace Maybe to pick up my book and read one chapter, four pages. And then I would actually encourage you to do something, think about something. So there is a kind of a recap on what is the single transformative insight in each chapter. I ask you a question kind of about how are you going to apply it? What are you going to do differently tomorrow morning when you wake up and your feet hit the ground? Hopefully your feet hit the ground. 
By the way, I interviewed Nick Vujicic, who has no legs, no legs and no arms. So his feet never hit the ground. Pick up Master Mentors Volume 1 and read the first chapter. It is life-transforming. But the QR code, if you wanted to learn more about Ed Milet, it takes you right to my interview with that mentor on the podcast, both in audio and video. So if you wanted to meet Bobby Herrera, if you wanted to meet Tiffany Aliche, if you wanted to meet Ed Milet, you just click on the QR code and it goes right to that interview. So you don't have to search the web and search all the hundreds and hundreds of interviews I've had. And so that was kind of a gift to the reader. If you wanted to learn more about the person I'm highlighting, here's their address, so to speak. Yeah, I love that. It's so cool. It's what a, what a great Thank way you. to end each chapter. And, uh, you know, because you, you, you're one of the other unique things about your book is that it doesn't have to be read cover to cover. I mean, it's you, you can start anywhere, go everywhere. Right. Yeah, and then then you have that support stuff at the end, which then allows you to go find more out about it. And I I love it. That's that's great. That, Thank that's you, good stuff. I so got a question for you. Should you seek out a mentor? I mean, how do they how, how do they think about this? I mean, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I I don't know anyone who's had success in their career in life that hasn't had a series of mentors, named or unnamed, met or not met. But here's a caveat. I think a mistake too often we make is if we're trying to accomplish something, open a barber shop, have an Etsy store, move from you know high school principal to superintendent, move from solopreneur to entrepreneur, move from manager to director, we tend to seek out mentors that we think have had success at that. I have a little bit of a different formula. If I wanna go build, by the way, I'm a talent agent. So my real business is I'm a literary speaking, speaking and talent agent. I own an agency called Gray Miller. We represent about 150 of the world's most famous luminaries. But if I want to do my business from 1 million to 10 million, I don't go to the lady who has a $10 million company. I go to the guy that's had three bankruptcies because I want to learn what to avoid, what not to do. Because I can't replicate the Princeton education or the inheritance or her work ethic or her genius. I can't replicate what is her genius. What I can't do is avoid the mistakes that the guy who had three bankruptcies made. Because half of life is just not doing the stupid stuff. I might say 90% of success in life is avoiding the metaphorical potholes. If I want to know how to have a successful 40-year marriage, I don't go to the guy that's had a 40-year marriage. I don't have his temperament. I don't have his patience. I go to the lady who's had three marriages. What did you do wrong? What are the mistakes you made? What are the temptations you faced? So I'd encourage your listeners, absolutely have a series of mentors. Don't only go to the person who you think has done it well. Also seek out the person who's done it poorly in the hopes that they might be transparent and vulnerable enough to say, hey, here's what I did wrong. If you just resist these five or six mistakes, dude, you're going to make it work. Such awesome advice. I love it. Uh, uh, Scott, we're getting ready to close. But before we do that, if someone wanted to connect with you or learn more, where'd you send them? Sure. So. Like my wife says, without flattery, I'm hard to miss. Uh, I'm on every social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. I'm there multiple times a day. You can visit me at scottjeffreymiller.com. And my agency is the Gray Miller Agency. You can visit Gray Miller Agency. If you're looking, if you're in the business to book a speaker for your event or interested in writing a book or launching a TV program, I'd be happy to talk with you. Gray Miller Agency is my website. 
So awesome. And I will put all that in my show notes so that they have it easily linked there. And uh, Scott, it was awesome catching up with you again. I look forward to every episode on On Leadership, which is so cool. And uh, I love your series on Master Mentors. I mean, it's kudos on getting Master Mentors 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds, Volume 2, under your belt. And we're looking forward to Volume 3 coming soon. So uh, Master Mentors is a power, it's just powerful and inspiring. I can't thank you enough for all your words. And um, I you still got such a cool voice. So <laughs> good stuff. I love the way you're right. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for shining your spotlight on me, Steve. I appreciate you. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.